was Tobias the Bird Boy, the Nothlet who devoured live mice and battled evil aliens. I'd stolen Yurk's spacecraft, raided Yurk's strongholds, and nearly gotten myself adopted by a Yurk visser. I'd been stabbed and burned and mangled and tortured, and only moments ago got the crap beat out of me by hork that should be working for the WWF. But I couldn't face my mother. Couldn't even face the roof of her house. You want pathetic? All those years with my aunt and uncle, no matter what they said about her, I knew, knew that my mother loved me. She wanted me. Wanted to take care of me. But for some reason, she couldn't. I invented reasons for her. Maybe she'd been wrongfully imprisoned by some tyrannical foreign government. Maybe she'd been shipwrecked on a deserted island. Maybe she'd been relocated in the witness protection program. Maybe I'd been relocated in the witness protection program. But not once, not one single time, did I imagine she lived eight blocks from me. That she passed my house every single day and kept going. <laughs> and now I'm dead. <laughs> I'm in pain. <laughs> it hurts. I even know that this isn't the case and it hurts. My son. Uh. Like, even knowing or like, I mean, I obviously didn't know f for sure what the case was. I had my own ideas of even if Lauren knew why she wouldn't be there. But that that rawness of what Tobias is going through there of like all of the little fantasies he had in his head to make things more bearable, just getting ripped away. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Oh, and this just occurs to me along with the theme of the rest of it. It's the last bit of his childhood getting ripped away. Mm -hmm. Oh, how dare you? come fight me I'll get the guest bed made up it'll be great I'm booking the ticket right now <laughs> but also just out of curiosity what uh, ideas did you have oh like um, that she knew and it was, um, had been like was keeping her distance to keep Tobias safe was mostly what it revolved around. Like she did still know about the Andalites and the Yerks and she couldn't risk going there. Mm -hmm. It was all, it was all very much. And, and it's something that we're going to see a lot over the next year. It's very like in a maternal protective yeah. way or like, and the, also that she didn't know he was there. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. which spoilers, she didn't. Um, yep. I will say, I don't like amnesia as a plot device. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Um, the way it's portrayed in fiction is very rarely accurate to the actual like lived experience of it. Um, I appreciate it's convenient. And I will say, to the book's credit, it does seem to be trying to be realistic. How it's not just memories of like various things that Lauren has lost. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I I put that in my notes as well, and I was like, 
to me, this is probably one of the most accurate depictions because mm-hmm. bitch has mm. to relearn like what a toothbrush is. Yeah. yeah. Not just like, oh, I woke up and I don't remember my name. Yeah. Yeah. Like the depiction of amnesia in this book is not what I have problems with because like Bella says, like there's actual like clearly work has been done to make it an accurate as much as possible i suppose depiction but just like its prevalence and of a, as a plot device mm-hmm. um and it makes me also sad after everything that fucking elfangor went through yeah um and what lauren yeah. went through to uh-huh. lose all of that that upsets the me the elemis the elemis is a fuck boy I can just tell how much uh, we've brought it up before, but fucking Dr. Wipe and Donna's memories to save her life. Um, I will keep bringing it up because I'm a terrible person (laughs) Um, who revels in the suffering of others. But I mean, that doesn't hurt me. I don't watch Dr. Who. If you, if you knew it though, it would. And that's probably okay. Um, But the notion of, her losing so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I will state the amnesia is not what gets fixed magically. That's mm-hmm. not what the content warning was about. And th- for that, I am glad. Yeah. Like that they didn't magically fix the brain damage. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. although it would in theory restore the damage to the brain, like the damage is done. Yeah. Like once a hard drive is corrupted, you might be able to like reformat and stuff, but the stuff's gone. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going to read the rest of this chapter because there's so much in so little space. Uh, and then we can talk about what happens because it's a, it's sure it's a, a choice. Um, <clears throat> I banked and headed for Cassie's. By the time I flapped into the hayloft, everyone else had already arrived and demorphed. Cassie's dad had stacked hay bales against one wall. Marco was sitting at the top. I perched on a rafter above him. He nodded at me, then leaned forward, elbows on his knees, and stared at the piece of hay in his hands. Rachel sat below him. Axe was helping Cassie change the doze bandage. Jake paced outside the pen. And except for the scritch and thump of wounded animals, the barn was silent. I caught Axe's gaze. He gave me his mouthless andalite smile, warm and sad. Marco broke the silence. I bet they're backing their hard drive up big time now, he said. It was a joke. Nobody laughed. Rachel shook her head. We really blew it. Not we, Jake said. Me. Axe looked up from the dough. Prince Jake, you cannot blame yourself. Even if we had succeeded, if we had erased the data, we would not have stopped Fisser 1. He would continue to collect blood samples until he discovered another match. It was only a matter of time. Time. Yeah. Jake banged his fist into the side of the pen. Cassie and the Joe duck jumped. And we just ran out. Why didn't I think this through? No, I had to go for the surprise. In, out, before they know we're there. Yeah, that worked. If they didn't have samples of our morph blood before, they do now. We left our DNA all over their computer room. Man. He rubbed his hands over his face. What was I thinking? You were thinking the longer we waited, the more danger we'd be in. Cassie tore off a piece of adhesive tape. 
the more danger our families would be in. And you were right. Our families. Jake leaned back against the pen. They're a bigger target now than before we raided the place. The Yerks know we're on to them. Once they find a match... He looked up at me, his face twisted with guilt. Once they find a match, they'll move in, cut off any chance our families have to escape. Silence. Then they must escape before the Yerks find them. Axe. Rachel nodded. We get them out. Now. Can we do that to them? Cassie looked around the barn, at the animals, her dad's equipment, his small, steady handwriting on the medical charts. Can we take away their lives? They'll keep their lives, said Rachel. That's the point. They'll live. They'll just live somewhere else. How's this for ironic musing? The Yerks were looking for humans who were related to human animorphs, and what did they get? And where did they get the match? From a bird with no family. And then, the very moment I find out I do have a family, a mother, she's snatched away. Worse than snatched away. The Yerks had her name, her address, and I'd given her away to the Yerks. I stared out the hayloft door. She couldn't fight them off not by herself. Tobias. I turned. Marco was looking at me. He kept his voice low. Look, I know what you're doing. Mapping out suicidal rescue missions, right? But you can't go near her. She's bait, okay? They know who she is. They're watching her, waiting for you. She's probably already a controller. You don't know that. Yeah, I do know that. I lived that. Getting yourself killed won't help her. I looked away. He was right, of course. He made perfect sense. But perfect sense left my world a long time ago. We knew this day would come, Jake was saying. We've done everything we can to protect our families. We keep the, to keep them out of this. Now we've got a decision to make. Go home. Get some sleep. We'll meet back here tomorrow morning and take a vote. Meeting adjourned. I lifted my wings. Tobias, don't leave. Rachel climbed the stack of hay bales. She stood on the top and rested her chin on my rafter. Stay at my house tonight. You shouldn't be alone. Why not? I've always been alone. My thought speak was rougher than I'd intended. Look, Rachel, thank you. I appreciate it. I do. But there's something I have to... See ya. She nodded. I know. I'll leave my window open. A human boy would have kissed her then. The hawk boy flew out of the hayloft towards the city. Okay, now, there's a lot to unpack here. So much. So fucking much. Uh, the, the sense of defeat in this barn is palpable. And Jake beating himself up so fucking much, like... He's so hard on himself, like, you are a fucking child. Like, don't feel bad that you were outsmarted by adults. Yeah. I'm so glad that Axe and Cassie push back against, like, the fucking lies he's telling himself. Yes. Yes. Because they're both so right. Like, there's no way he can blame himself for this. Honestly, he did probably the best move. It's just that they were unlucky and the the other controllers were still there and then that fight went really poorly like if if they had got in and that fight hadn't gone so poorly they could have destroyed that computer and given them more time but that match was already there 
Right. Like, they, <laughs> if they didn't go in when they did, the Yerks would have found it possibly sooner. Like, that woman was here with Visser One's blue band Hork-Bajir probably to check on the data. Like, <laughs> why? <clears throat> Jake. And also, this is where my note came in because he says, hold on, let me scroll back up. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. Something like, we knew this day would come. Right. So why did you not have a plan together? Bitch, where was your bug out back? Like, <laughs> I think it's one of those things that they knew, they knew intellectually that, like, eventually they would have to, like, bug out. But they didn't, they didn't really think that it would be necessary. They are still holding on to this idea that, like, no, it's still a secret war. We can still fight this the way we've been fighting this. And they haven't really internalized the idea that, like, no, you gotta, uh, you, this, this war is changing very rapidly and you need to be ready. I, I guess. I mean, I don't like it. <laughs> but I, but I understand your reasoning at least. Mm-hmm. And like, and I understand for plot relevance, like why that's not a thing. But I don't like it. <laughs> I will also say they're children. Yeah, but for a group that are so... To counter the stuff I was saying earlier, for a group that is so paranoid, rightly so, it seems odd that none of them have got even anything resembling a contingency plan. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if there was like a throwaway comment about like... some, And somebody pulls out something. Mm -hmm. It would feel... I don't know. I'm just also emotional about <laughs> um, this whole scene about Jake blaming himself because he's the leader, mm-hmm. because he doesn't see himself as a child anymore. He's the one responsible. The buck stops with him. And he's not only failed his soldiers, he's failed their families. Mm-hmm. In his mind, to be clear. I'm not saying that. Um, Poor baby just needs a we, hug. Yeah. The further, but we've got Jake effectively falling apart in this moment and just going to anger. Because why wouldn't yeah. you? Like, his, frustra- his frustration bubbles out of him. And because he knows it's nobody's fault. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure there's symbolism about it being the doe and Cassie that start. I could, I'm not going to go down into the weeds. I might never come back up. the whole scene is full of these little moments like i love that there's these quiet moments between axe and tobias that that soft warm that warm but sad and uh, and andalite smile of marco talking quietly to tobias like yo my guy Mm -hmm. i see you i know you're the one that sees people but i see you Mm -hmm. right now and to and like just 
Marco isolating himself from the others physically in that moment. Because he just was in, he no, he knows he could have died. He knows he nearly did. Mm-hmm. Again. And, like, you can't help but wonder, like, oh, well, now all my friends are going to be in the same position I'm in. Mm-hmm. That sucks for them, but also at least I won't be the only one anymore. Mm-hmm. And Rachel with nothing to fight in that moment. And yeah. Axe and Cassie putting their attention elsewhere. Because mm-hmm. it's a thing they can do to help. Because mm-hmm. they are the helpers. They're, that's who they are as people. And yeah. it's just this microcosm of this group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know you highlighted, Danielle, about why Jake doesn't do the vote then. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Because really the only votes that matter are him, Cassie and Rachel. Because in his mind, because there's this very brief tacit acknowledgement that a match has already been found. Mm-hmm. But Tobias's mum doesn't really count because she's never been a part of it, his yeah. life. And that's like his apologeticness of it. Like, yeah, okay, a match has already been found, but I kind of need to commit to this and I'm sorry. Um, but with him, I'm wondering if it's because he needs the time. Hmm. Oh, I think that's definitely the reason why. He's like, giving himself the grace. Yeah. he wants- Which is why he beats himself up so hard later. Yeah. He wants one more passably normal night with his family. Yeah. Like, it's it's absolutely like a... And I don't say this uh, in a demeaning way, but, like, it's a it's a childish want. Just holding on to the last you can, thing you can, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, because there is no turning back once yeah. they tell their families. Mm-hmm. The last and, shred of normalcy any of them had is gone. Yes. Um, and it's... Marco didn't really have a choice, right? He had to act in the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the, the, the rest of these kids have the time to think about it. And I think... Rachel, Rachel is already on board with getting her family out of Dodge, but they can't move just one of them. They have to move all three. Um, and Cassie is kind of on the fence. And I think Jake is in the same boat as Cassie, which is recognizing the need for this to happen. But again, it's literally taking them away from their entire lives, not just the parents, but the, the kids. And like, you can, like, Cassie is asking, can we do that to them? Can we take away their lives? She says this while she's looking at all of the animals, which is also her life. Um, and, you know, she they're not just saying it about their parents, they're saying it about themselves. And, like, again, they're, they're committing to something, everything being completely different. And... In infinitely more complicated because they know that if they bring their parents in their parents are going to make things fucking complicated yeah we've already seen it happen in microcosm with marco and his dad and we're going right. to see it in this book in a few instances um, yeah. and i'm sure in volumes past this it will happen again because they're not going to be able to 
compartmentalize their lives anymore after this. There's no who I am at home and to being the soldier in this war. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The wall's coming down. There's there's no keeping it from it from each part from. There's no keeping it separate anymore. Yeah. Um, and I will. Something that also occurred to me as you were talking is um, again going back to you know why weren't they prepared? I think they do. They are prepared in a lot of ways because they know exactly what they're going to do. They're going to take them to the Wolfsburg Valley. They're going to use the chi to help cover their escape. Each of the kids knows the best approach to get their family out. They've thought about this. And these next few chapters, the order that they do it in, the way they approach it, who does what, Mm -hmm. is so well-paced and snappy and slick. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah so they, maybe they have already been thinking about this. Yeah, I don't think they've put formalized plans, but I think all of them individually have thought about I, this. Yeah, when I have to tell them, which mm-hmm. makes, can I just say, I know a gig of like, Rachel's approach? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Perfectly Rachel. Honestly. Perfect, and such an intrinsic understanding. And this is true mm-hmm. of Cassie, too, mm-hmm. of understanding who their parents are as people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, but hey, we, we need get to, to have more sad. <laughs> yeah, we need more sad Tobias hours. Because things are <laughs> Tobias sad book after before. all. <laughs> yeah, oh. uh, he oh. finds his old house first. Uh, his uncle has doesn't live there anymore. Who knows what happened to him? Uh, but he knows that because somebody mowed the lawn and painted the garage. Um, and then he kind of traces the map to his mother's house. Uh, the neighborhood is really bad. Um, it's uh, in ex- the, the neighborhood itself is in extreme disrepair. There are burned out stores still standing. The houses are described as shacks. Um, they totally unkempt lots. Uh, you know, all of the, the kind of windows that have bars on them, um, et cetera, it's, et cetera. It's very viscerally described. It's also like yeah. we've seen this description before. We've seen this in, it's all like, shorthand for this is mm-hmm. a bad neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. Um Tobias perches in a tree across the street um and just sits and watches. Um and as he's watching he listens to uh the house below him uh kind of a scene that's reminiscent of his own childhood. Uh his own slightly more past childhood. Um plays out with uh, someone sitting in front of the TV watching uh, Wheel of Fortune and the kid just being like, I'm going out. And the the adult being like, why are you going out? Who's going to watch this other kid? And the kid being like, she's your kid. You watch her. Um, and just fucking leaving. Me um, as a child. Mm. <laughs> uh. 
but Tobias focuses on his mother's house. Um, as of right now, there isn't any apparent Yurk activity. Um, cause it's possibly a little too soon for the Yurks to have mobilized quite yet. Um, and he watches Lauren's house. It stays dark. Um, he can hear movement inside, footsteps, uh, and the sound of a dog. Um, and after a while, like he sits and watches her house for hours, um, as the sun is going down, uh, Lauren finally comes out of her house with a dog, uh, a German shepherd that is wearing a harness with a big rigid handle, a guide dog. Uh, Lauren is blind. Um, and, uh, the dog is named Champ, um, is her guide dog, and she walks with him to, like, a few blocks away, there's a church. Um, Tobias follows them, he observes her as he does, she's described as having, uh, scars, deep gashes running from the top of her skull to the corner of her mouth. Her right eye twisted downward. Her right ear was a mangled stub. Her hair grew in straggly clumps between the ridges. Um, and I'm reminded of a comment that Emily made uh, talking about Taylor and how um, in 33 and 43 it didn't seem like one one of the uh, slightly good points about Taylor's, uh, depiction. Intro. Yeah. Intro is that, uh, her disability is not described as like disgusting or scary or anything like that. Like it's just, she has a prosthetic. Um, and I think a similar thing is happening here. Like we see that, uh, um, that Lauren is, uh, very visibly scarred, but it's not, it's not described with, like, negative adjectives, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, it's very matter of fact, like, very, yeah. this is what I am seeing from Tobias's yeah. perspective. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't, he doesn't, uh, make any real comment on them besides that. Like, he, he doesn't think, like, oh, it's scary to look at her, or it's horrific, or ugly. He doesn't think any of that. Um, which is good uh, in books that are frequently very bad about their ableism. Um, uh, I will say one thing also I noticed with the portrayal of Lauren and Champ um, mm -hmm. is the depiction of using a guide dog. Mm -hmm. um, I um, fully cited but a friend of a friend of mine dr amy kavanagh is um a disabled rights activist as obviously well as being blind herself uh, and she has a tiktok account that is all uh, about like navigating london with her guide dog ava mm -hmm. um it's very cool do watch it ava is a very cute dog um but amy just had a baby mm -hmm. um but that was well, yeah i'm getting off topic it's but the depictions with how Lauren is described as working with Champ 
feels mm-hmm. very accurate, at least mm-hmm. from my layman's perspective. Mm-hmm. So again, you can see the care that went in and for all the, uh, again, it's described, not demonized or given mm-hmm. any sort of moral um, perspective. Lauren is fully capable. Mm-hmm. Like she is blind um, with desert. We're about to find out like sort of what she does, but all the times we see her in this book, she is fully comfortable and confident moving around her own space and moving yeah. around with Champ. Like she's not depicted as being any lesser for being blind. Mm-hmm. She's not yeah. pitied by the text or anything like that, which makes such a nice comparison to the fucking gay but bad, mm-hmm. like the ableist Andalite book mm-hmm. with the, mm-hmm. with the two gay Andalites who'll be like very much. Yeah, um, and and it makes sense that she would be relatively mm. confident in the way that she lives. Absolutely, she's been, she's been living this way for pro- at least ten years. Um, yeah, and has kind of entrenched herself in this life and been able to uh, kind of accommodate her life around herself. Um, Mm. I think I read something somewhere where it's like, um, you don't, if, if you're ever in a blind person's house, you don't want to move the furniture because they have put it Mm -hmm. where it is on purpose uh, Mm -hmm. for how they're navigating. Um, yeah like because they like memorize the layout yeah and the detail about how lights don't come on in -hmm. her house because why Mm. would they there's that good tumblr post uh going around about um a a college student talking about like doing a makeup test in a professor's office who happens to be blind and is just there like sat near the window (laughs) to use the daylight coming in and like part way through, first, oh shit! You need to see. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, man, I'm sure saves on electric. Like, yeah, yeah. But as a little detail before we get the reveal, and Tobias realizes that she's blind. It's just again these little details. Clearly, care was put into this. Yeah. Um, I'll be. I don't know that we have any um, blind or uh, limited sight listeners, but I'd be very interested in hearing what they think about this section. Um, uh, but she she walks to a nearby church, goes into the basement of said church. Tobias follows her by morphing fly, um, and it's it's a crisis center. Lauren volunteers at a crisis center out of, based out of this church, uh, in her free time and just man's phones, uh, and, and, and listens to people talk about their problems. Um, she's, uh, clearly religious, um, we we get this from the well one of the, the other workers here like swats at Tobias. Um and Lauren is like, Oh, don't be so hard on them. They're God's creatures too, you know. Um 
See, I and, read that as slightly facetious because of who I am as a person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm also influenced, um, I, I, I do admit I'm influenced by Daymorphing, which depicts her religion as like a relatively big part of her. Um, mm. Because it it would make sense for it to be, frankly. Um, yeah, I'm all for like positive depictions of um, religious people. To be clear, um, and I mean religious people. I don't just mean Christianity, mm-hmm. even though that's what this specific case is. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's such a little odd little throwaway, and we never see anything else about it other than the fact that the crisis center is based out of a church. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember if we get more later or not. Mm. And I, um, we'll see. I was, just th- I was about to say something about like. I don't know how common it is like crisis centers and crisis lines to be uh, religious organizations, but then I remembered like mm. one of the big ones in the UK is the Samaritans. So mm-hmm. um, at least a lot of them get started that way. Samaritans uh, are a good charity, by the way. They're not, they're not preachy. They are literally there to just to listen to people uh, in crisis mm-hmm. to, to do what Lauren is doing in this book, to, to listen and like as she hangs up with this close, she's like, "Well, I'll be here. I'll be here till midnight if you want to call again." Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that we have this duality. Again, I use the word duality with regards to buy so much, but he's there, like, "Wow, my mum is an amazing person. She's super capable. She's spending her free time doing this, helping other people. Cared with. Why did she abandon me?" <laughs> yeah, she and it's totally cared- understandable. Yeah. 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 Uh, she apparently cared about pesky flies in a church basement, but she didn't care enough about her son to walk eight blocks for a visit. And I appreciate he's grieving and he's upset and hurting, but from an hour, like, Tobias, kid, you really maybe think that a person that is like that knew you were eight blocks away and chose not to? Yeah. Right. Th- these, well, these there's obviously not- something else. Yeah, there's something else to play, but he is obviously he is sad and traumatized, and that's okay. <laughs> um, given that everything that's happened with regards to his birth family, as he's found out about them, has been traumatic. Mm-hmm. So why would this be any different in his mm-hmm. mind? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but also and I mean, it's like to be fair, take- it's not mm-hmm. really that different. <laughs> you're you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um. But it, you can, he's got baggage, and understandably so. But you do, we're just like, just take half a step sideways. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the thing? She's like, oh, you're so close to k- hitting the mark. You're so close to mm-hmm. the point. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll come back to Lauren, because uh, Channel 6 is reporting about the rogue elephant escaping from the Civic Center. <laughs> just like... Yeah, we got the circus in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but just like detailed, like how it was a gas main that blew up. Uh, and, hmm, and they didn't mention the blood bank is operated by aliens who are conducting research to help speed up the annihilation of our planet. Weird. <laughs> weird. Um, weird. Speaking of, um, do we know it was an actual like gas line that it blew was? Up? It was to do with it was a dragon beam. Yeah, it was a dragon beam. Uh, that I mean, like set on like it might have hit a gas main. Yeah. It was just like, it, there, it is described as an explosion, like because there's a wide out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah. But um, 
Mr. King is here. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I can't get excited. It happens later in this chapter, but we do get another historical name drop <laughs> from Mr. King this time. And I, my oh, heart's God. Uh. Right? <laughs> um, but the Chi are there to help. Um, because and like, cause this is the sort of thing the Chi can absolutely do. This is like information, holograms, shelter, whatever the kids need. Um, and earlier in the chapter, when Tobias mentioned the Chi, it was like they can't fight, but they're in, but they're like essential allies either way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As opposed to some of the ways, it's just like, yeah, the Chi don't fight. Weird. Don't like that about them, but yeah, they got their uses as opposed to, yeah, there's lots of ways to do things mm-hmm. in a war that are not fighting. Uh, and, and we then- get this fucking heartbreaking line. Cassie takes my heart out and stomps on it. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, yeah, Mr. King says, let us know what you need. And Cassie is just like, we need to make it go away. Can you please, please just make this all go away? And Mr. King just like, if we could, we would have a long time ago. And then she's just, I know, I'm sorry, apologizing for asking for it. I'm just very tired. I spent most of the night out here doing what I could for as long as I could. And they all talk about like how um what they did the night before. Rachel was helping one of her sisters practice a gymnastics routine and she fucking crushed it. And now she's not gonna get to do it. Mm-hmm. Just talking about like relishing this last life of normalcy while Tobias is musing about how he'd stalked his own mother <laughs> and uh, just sat in a steeple and um, disassociated so hard he almost ended up in an offlet twice removed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I put in my notes. I was like, this shit makes me sad. But this is also the exact reason why I wanted this book. Uh-huh. Yeah. I just, I love the good emotional shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I also put, and I wish that I had made um, slightly more detailed notes or at least tagged where uh, this note was. Um, but I started putting Hamilton quotes <laughs> uh, with the, the world turns upside down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but so they have a vote. Um, uh, Rachel is in. Cassie says, what choice do we have? Marco says, we do it. Definitely. Axe says, I do what you do, Prince Jake. And Jake says, I vote yes, but I'm taking Tom. It wasn't a question. I know it's a risk, but I think it's a containable risk. My parents won't leave him behind. I won't leave him behind. So so as long as everybody understands that, I vote yes. And Axe is like, I understand Prince Jake. And Rachel's like, Tom's part of the deal. We all we're all aware that we're definitely getting Tom out. Um and Jake asks Tobias what his vote is, and Tobias says we get them out, all of them. All of them, but I'm not sure Jake understood me. Um, <laughs> I love the slide, just like, mm, you didn't read into all what I was saying, which makes <laughs> the fact that Jake susses it out later. Yeah. Uh huh. It's good. 
Um, Even through his own shit, uh-huh. he is perceptive mm-hmm. enough about Tobias. Yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. die. It's also like it's also like oh well, this one we can save. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Spoilers: uh, it's not going to go great. The getting <laughs> out. the yeah. bug out does not go entirely as hoped. Yeah, no. Uh, but the plan is they're going to take him to the Horkbajir Valley, uh, the new Horkbajir Valley, which is just kind of like a slightly different place in the mountains um the yurks think that they basically destroyed the free hork in their last attack and so they're not actively scouring the mountains for for people at this point um and jake's like all right we'll, we'll take them there we'll have to watch them guard them for the first three days to make sure none of them are controllers um and to make sure the yurk and tom's head dies and Jake's like, we'll all be living with the Horkbajir too. We can't stay down here in the city. Too dangerous. The Yurks will be all over us. Um, and Rachel's like, right, yep, we pack our toothbrushes and run. And Jake's like, no, this is a retreat, not a run. A tactical retreat. Save the army. Live to fight another day. Um, but a toothbrush would be good. And extra deodorant. We'll be out there for a while. <laughs> Yes, teenage boys you do, and teenage girls, we've heard puberty ain't fun on anybody. Yeah. Uh, but I I do like that Jake is shown here to be taking his own advice from a couple of books ago. Mm. Um, of like, he really does think that in these cases, retreat is the best option. And he wasn't just saying it for the Hork-Bajir's sake. Yeah. Um, uh, and Cassie's like, all right. Uh, or Mr. King is like, uh, you should start soon because the Yurks are already mobilized. Um, and Cassie's like, well, my parents are already home, uh, which almost never happens, so let's do it. <laughs> my parents this are This is so scientists. fucking slick. It is. This is so slick. Cassie, mm-hmm. the, the approach mm-hmm. with Cassie's parents, like, Rachel's is hilarious and perfect. Cassie's is so smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cassie's mom is just on the porch while they're all out in the barn, which is fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> um, and she's Cassie's like, my, my parents are scientists. They believe in logic and reason backed by hard evidence. We have to show them proof and explain it all rationally or they'll never buy it. Um, Mr. King creates a hologram so they can do what they need to do, uh, and be hidden. And Tobias just goes over and sits next to Cassie's mom and taps on her mug. And she's like, you're a friendly hawk. What the fuck? And, <laughs> and Tobias is like, sometimes, although Yerks and small rodents might disagree. And she's like, uh, Okay. I clearly need more coffee because I'm dreaming. Which I fucking <laughs> love her. Some I weird know. shit happens and she's like, mm, damn, I need more coffee. <laughs> yep. As an initial reaction, not to freak out or anything like that. Just like, right. Yep. 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 Totally cool under pressure. It makes me sad that we have not spent more time with Cassie's parents, Agreed. frankly. Like, mm-hmm. we've had little moments, like the fucking scene with Jake's dad and the chili, guess we have no it's Axe. But as people, they seem really cool, and uh, yeah, it just makes me yep. sad there's not more of them. Yeah. 
uh, Cassie comes out and is like, it's not the coffee. The others also come out and kind of take positions around the yard to keep them from running. <laughs> um, and Cassie kind of like climbs up on the porch and is like, hey, daddy, can you come out? Like, something important's happening. <laughs> You're not dreaming, mom. Tobias isn't a normal hawk. <laughs> and her mom just kind of looks at Tobias and is like, yep, there's something definitely wrong with this one. <laughs> and uh, Cassie starts to explain like he's communicating through thought speak like telepathy and her mother's just like alright are, are you playing a prank Is where's the microphone um, and Cassie just continues on we're not taping anything it's not a game and Tobias just begins morphing next to her <laughs> and her mom scoops him up in the newspaper <laughs> and is like, there's something seriously wrong with this hawk. We need to get it to the operating room right now. <laughs> but the fact that her first instinct is to help. Yeah. yeah. What we see with Cassie's mom is the instincts are to help and to protect Cassie. Mm-hmm. Uh, stay back. It could be contagious. Um, and then Axe comes out, and <laughs> Cassie's mom drops Tobias. Uh, Tobias finishes demorphing and sits up. Um, and, uh, Cassie's mom backs up away from Axe, holding her arms out to her sides, barring Cassie from coming down the porch. Get back. <laughs> I knew those high voltage power lines would have an impact on the wildlife. Stay behind me. It could be radioactive. And Cassie I... just. Just die. <laughs> uh, and Cassie's just like pushing past her. He's not radioactive. He's just a very long way from home. Um, and then Cassie's mom just kind of accepts everything. <laughs> she looks you, at. Please tell me you're going to do the line because she reaches out to touch Axe. <laughs> And it's like, scandalized. Like, mom, would you just touch Jake on the butt? Like, what the hell? And it's just, Mwah. <laughs> yeah, because because Cassie's mom, she uh, she looks at Tobias and is like, "You were a bird, and now you're a human. This is weird. And you're an you're a literal alien." Um, and then like, like science amazing. brain switch. Yeah, science yeah, brain switches like, on like. Is he supposed to look like this? This is this is what he is? Ooh, interesting. Okay, but we also have to acknowledge Axe's great fucking line. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yes. The uh it is a pleasure to make your acquaintance, Mrs. Cassie's mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I fucking screamed. <laughs> Once again, at one thirty in the, the morning. Uh alien slash autistic representation we all deserve. <laughs> He fucking I bows. Yeah, like I had literally, I was a very lonely child, and it took until like, um, like primary school when I ever went to a friend's house and met their parents. And I have literally like, hello, this is so and so's mum, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I didn't know her, her first name. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very relatable as well as being Axe is a fucking gem in this book I would he read is. volumes written by this ghostwriter <laughs> because they get Axe yes. so much 
Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. never portrayed as stupid, but he feels beautifully alien. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just mm, a gift. Uh, and then Cassie's dad comes out. Uh, I want to know whose brilliant idea it was to schedule the sunrise at. Whoa. He looks at Axe, rubs his eyes, frowns and peers down into his coffee mug. And his wife is like, it's not the coffee, Walter. And I Cassie, love them. Yeah, they're so great. Uh, Cassie has them both sit down and then she morphs Wolf in front of them, all the while telling them about the Yerks and Visser One and Alfangor and Marco's parents and Tom and the morphing technology and their battle to save Earth. Um, and then morphs back all while doing this explanation. And then her mother slick, just like Cassie. Yeah. Slick. Just yeah. Mwah. Yeah. And then her mother scoops her into her lap. Baby. Oh my baby. She struck stroked Cassie's hair and kissed her face over and over. Her father wrapped his arms around them both. Why didn't you tell us, Cassie? We could have helped. I wanted to keep you safe for as long as possible. Cassie shook her head, but I can't anymore. The Yerks are closing in. We have to leave. You, me, all of us, now. (laughs) And it's just like that, again, we see that reaction of, like, that we saw with Peter, which is the the sudden dawning horror of what your child has Mm -hmm. been doing without your knowledge, without you noticing. But also the fact that, like, their first reaction isn't, like, anything other than, why didn't you tell us we could have helped? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, those are good fucking parents. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, uh... Her parents are like, oh, we can't really leave right now. Like, we have a whole bunch of stuff that we have to take. Like, all of our adult responsibilities are still here. We can't just leave. And Cassie's like, mm, yeah, you can. <laughs> watch. We're going to do it right now. We're gonna- watch. <laughs> um, and, and uh, you know, her dad is like, you know, we believe you. But we can't just leave too many people and animals depend on us. And Cassie's like, no, not anymore. You don't understand. And Mr. King comes out as an, as an android. So like another, another little fucking weirdo thing for them to see and projects a hologram of Cassie in a battle, practically dying. And her parents are like, no, we have to leave right the fuck now. Yeah. (laughs) Hank. Yeah. Like, it's easy for them to be like, well, it's war, clearly it's bad, but okay, it can't be that bad, it can't be that much of an emergency if you're only just telling us now, oh, it's this bad? You nearly <laughs> died? Okay. Into yeah. the truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Mr. King says that he'll take care of the doe and all the animals in the barn until they can be released. Um... This is where we get the name drop. drop. Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) I I died. I was Louis Pasteur's lab assistant in a former incarnation. I was actually the one who suggested heat as a way to kill bacteria. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I fucking love the chi. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Honestly, they would not have made it this far in this war without the chi. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, absolutely. 
Uh, and I'm now just thinking about not to diminish human mm-hmm. accomplishment because I don't want to, but like the guy who came up with like the polio vaccine. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm terrible with names. I'm very sorry. Cool historical people. And the, the scientist who synthesized insulin. Mm-hmm. And why, what? I can't fucking. I think it was the polio vaccine guy who was like, you can't, why would, you can't patent the sun. <laughs> and just like, but these people that make these discoveries and just share them because mm-hmm. it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And that feels like the chi ethos to me as well like mm-hmm. if you can if you can help why wouldn't you because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it'd be really easy for the chi not to do anything right yes th- they have the programming to not do harm but they're not just doing that they're not wait sitting mm-hmm. they're they're pacifists not passive right exactly so. mm, damn okay <laughs> uh and, you know, Cassie's parents pack up very quickly. They load everything into the truck. Mr. Chi. I love that uh, they Mr. take Chi, the small Mr. animals King. with them. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. all the small animals of the barn come with them. Yeah. It's just the doe that has to stay because of her size. And that's when Mr. King's like, I will look after her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. King projects a hologram so they won't be seen leaving the neighborhood. Marco, as a gorilla, climbs into the truck. Uh, into the back of the truck as a guard um, and Cassie gets into the truck with them to probably help explain more things as they drive um, and they leave and it's Rachel's house next and uh, we have four little monkeys here for the party <laughs> um, yeah, because I love how it opens but logic and reason won't work here my mum's a lawyer, there's no arguing with her, she'll win <laughs> whether she's right or not we just have to do what we came for. And this one, love the shout out to the late 90s, early 90s Nickelodeon, because we get Nick at Night mentioned as well uh-huh. in this mm-hmm. book. But also yep. Cat Dog is on playing on the mm-hmm. TV, and mm-hmm. I loved that cartoon. I loved Cat um, Dog. Yeah, me too. It was great. But um, her mum's on a business call. So literally, the kids are like, Jordan and Sarah are enraptured by the TV. Mm-hmm. Don't even notice their sister, Jake, Fucking a red-tailed hawk and an alien. <laughs> they literally... Oh, they don't pack up the bags first, or do they? They but do. Way, they Rachel do, goes, they do. Like, they literally pack up all the bags, yep. get it ready to go. Rachel morphs grisly, ready to do a reveal. Um, Jake pops out first, because obviously like Rachel's mom's going to know where that is. Um, mm-hmm. And as soon as she finishes off her call... Um, because oh, she asks Jake where Rachel is, and Jake's like, she's in the hall. That's not a lie. <laughs> um, she rubs, she hangs up the call, and then Rachel just walks into the kitchen, and it's just like, you should probably, le- you should have let them reschedule, Mum. Tomorrow's not going to be a good day for you. Um, and Rachel's mum, understandably, freaks out. Um, <laughs> starts yelling for Rachel, tells Jake to run to get the girls and get out of the house. Um, and Jake's like, Sarah and John are fine, aren't Naomi? He said, it is talking to psycho relatives' voice. 
Um, and so are you, Axe. Can you make sure Rachel's sisters don't go anywhere? <laughs> I have already made sure, Prince they think I am a Pokemon, which took me half a second to find out Pokemon and die. <laughs> uh, I have told them I am an Andalite and I'm actually quite swift, but they insist they need to train me. And he literally <laughs> clops into the kitchen with Sarah on his back, Jordan racing along behind. <laughs> Just like... Kids and their ability to deal with the bizarre just, mwah. Uh-huh. And then yeah. Rachel's like, Naomi is still like, my babies, leave them alone, rips a spice rack off the wall and lunges at Rachel, a full-grown grizzly bear with a spice rack. <laughs> <laughs> Naomi's great, to be yeah. clear. Yeah. Uh, Tobias has this moment of like, observing that Cassie's mum did the exact same thing, this fierce protection urge, mm-hmm. like throwing themselves in danger to save their kids. Uh, and Rachel's just sassing, like holding her mum back with one paw, being like, all right, mum, you're really going to do some damage with the bay leaves? And then <laughs> Naomi, because she's hearing Rachel's voice, is like, Rachel, I hear you. Are you in there? Leaning against the grizzly bear's belly. <laughs> um... <laughs> And it's just, and Rachel's just like, Mum, I'm not in the bear. I am the bear. <laughs> Get a grip. <laughs> you have to drive. Picks her up and throws her over her shoulder. And just, Jordan grabbed Mum's purse. <laughs> <laughs> and then, full on, like, carrier, rips the door open to the garage. The kids get herded in after. Jake gets the suitcases. Mum gets put in the driver's seat, kids in the back, luggage in the boot. Rachel in Grizzly Morph squeezing into the front passenger seat. There was some damage. I'll explain as we go. We all need a vacation. I have a feeling this is going to be a long one. Um, we get this lovely little detail about where Jordan asks, um, how will their dad find them? And in a in gentle thought speak, or gentle for Rachel, uh, don't worry about daddy. I'll tell him he'll find us. I promise. And I'm kind of glad we're not in Rachel's head because I don't want to know if she's just lying to her sister in that moment because mm-hmm. otherwise I'll cry. Mm-hmm. But, um, and, but Rachel peels off, uh, leaving Axe and Tobias with Jake. Yep. And I do appreciate that Naomi does just drive, is mm-hmm. pissed off about it. It's just like screeching out of the garage and driving off. Um, Lords the Chi, who we've met a couple of times, covers the exit. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, then we just cut to uh, Jake's house. But God, fucking Naomi and mm. in that... a book with some seriously heavy shit. That scene of Axe meeting Jordan and Sarah and just like full on picking up her mom, just like, nope, we're going. <laughs> that Don't that shit is out of a sitcom. Yeah, it is. Yep. It is. We we desperately needed that moment of levity. Mm. Also, I've got a fairly decent knowledge of Pokemon. I've been playing the game since ninety six. I'm old. Um, there's nothing really like Axe. Mm. No, but I suppose but I can understand like why a, a thing that looks right. a little bit like an animal but has a weird thing going on with it. Yeah. yeah. If your yeah. only fr- your frame of reference probably isn't aliens, just like oh, that's a new Pokemon. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a creature that looks a little bit like an animal but isn't an animal. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and 
Yeah, I can I can envision the 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 kids being like, "What are you? Are you a Pokemon?" Like, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, not necessarily that. Like, that's their first guess. Not necessarily what they're mm. convinced he is. Um, and I forget, like Sarah and Jordan are young, right? Like I, Jordan's a little Sarah older. Is. Like, yeah, yeah. Jordan's like two years younger than Rachel, and I think Sarah is like at least mm. another two, maybe more. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but also, you can tell which of the two series was more popular, uh, Pokemon or Digimon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 